Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. You are listening to Storygram Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. It is Gothtober week three, where we fall in love and hate humanity and then destroy it single-handedly over love and destruction. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I am Takeshi. With me have Santos. And today we're going to talk about... Castlevania. It was released July 7th of 2017 and it went till May 13th of 2021. It is four seasons. It was actually produced in America. It was based off of a video game made by Konami and that was around in the 80s. And it was actually based off of Castlevania 3, if I remember right. The composer is Trevor Morris. It was written by Warren Ellis and created by Warren Ellis. He's done quite a bit of other things. So his filmography, he was a writer for Justice League Unlimited, G.I. Joe, a bunch of like, you know, animated things. I have to say, the Justice League animes or cartoons are amazing like it actually got me into watching like dc cartoons the distributor was netflix so this is like american production this is an american production i'm really surprised it feels like an anime it was done at powerhouse animation studios and the production team included members who worked in the Japanese animation industry, too. So maybe that's why I had kind of that aesthetic. I could just go over the premise so quickly. It's so easy, too. What it is, it's about Count Dracula, Vlad Tepish, the ultimate vampire of them all. And there's this lady named Lisa. I can't remember her last name. Lisa... They only call her Lisa Tepish for some reason. But on, on the first episode, they say... She wasn't a Tepish. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But it says who, who like did the voices. And it says Lisa Tepish. But it, it was something else. Anyway, so she is quite a strong woman. She is a doctor. She's trying to cure people. But realize that a lot of the medicines that they have in that current time, which is in the, I think it was the 1400s. It wasn't that good. It was just kind of more superstition and you just do this one thing and then you'll live longer. And she wanted to really help someone out. And I don't really know how she found out that there was this guy named Dracula that knew about science and magic. and But she banged on his door until he opened it and demanded him to teach her how to cure people, how to make the world better. And they fell in love, and she convinces him to go travel for a little bit. And during that time, she was curing people because she learned how to cure people with actual science instead of superstition. Then, 
the village that she, or city that she was helping people out in, it was heavily taken over by like Catholic. They were using God and Jesus as a way to like call people witches, kind of like the Salem witch hunts and stuff. And so they thought that she was using witchcraft and magic. And she's like, no, this is all science. We've known about this for many, many ages. And instead, they called her a witch and they burned her on a stake, right? Or on a cross mm-hmm. or one of the or two. a stake, yeah. Vlad was coming back as a man and found out about it and got so pissed off that he wanted to destroy all humanity. And so the first season is about how he pretty much gave the city one year to get out or resolve (laughs) how bad they were. And of course they didn't because they thought it was just fake and God was going to save them. And and he's like, no. So he took this one year to build this army of death and just took over and started just destroying the world. Yeah, it was good. I I was like, it's really good. I just want to mention that he did not like humans when she showed up. So he was not a fan of humans. And so it was a really big deal that he fell in love with her. And she was trying to convince him to give humans more of a chance. And that's why he was traveling. She's like, pretend you're like a regular person and travel like a regular person and see how people live and, and really get to know humans. And so that maybe he would feel, you know, like more... I don't know, kindly about them. So of course on his return, when he realizes humans have taken his wife and killed her, he's not having it. Like it was like, (laughs) nope. And it was for, like you said, it's very much in the Catholic, which is very close to history. That's what was going on in the witch stuff in Europe. They would blame women healers and call them witches and blah, blah, blah. So that was going on. So it's really unfortunate, but I don't know. I, I, this one made me feel like, yeah, well, they kind of deserved it. Like, like, what a bunch of jerks. That woman was so nice. Like, she was trying to help people. Like, she was so helpful and she cared about humans so much. And she's a human and and a healer. And so I wanted vengeance too. Yeah. And in the video games, they kind of brush over it, but they don't really because it's from the 80s. So, like, text was really broken up. And, but then, of course, we need heroes. We can't just have this guy destroying the world. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, every night, the, demon army shows up or whatever. And, and it was so good. Cause it's like, all of a sudden they're like, see, it's been a year. Nothing's happened. And it starts like raining blood or something. It's oh, so gross. God, it so it's disgusting. just gnarly. But so they, ha- they have to hide at night because like, that's when they come in to try to attack the town. Right. Is that nighttime? Yeah. Like vampires, I guess they have to do the bad at night and then they just go back or they disappear or I don't know what the f- they do. Maybe they just melt or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, there is your ragtag crew. But it's cool, though, because Trevor, he is kind of the main character, aside from Vlad Tepish. Or I'd almost say Alucard is, really. Because he is the son of Dracula, Vlad Tepish. And Lisa had a kid, and it was Alucard, or Adrian, I think was his real name, right? You're like, well, I don't know. I think it was I think Adrian. so. Adrian? Yeah. Sounds yeah. about right. And of course, Alucard is Dracula spelt backwards. <laughs> he goes by that? Yeah, he goes by that. 
Olive oh, Garden. and he, yeah. So it's him. You get to meet him a little bit. And then Trevor, who is. Yes. Trevor is a Belmont. He is from the family of Belmonts. They're all vampire or monster hunters. They got shunned by the church because they were using witchcraft and magic, which is pretty interesting. And then there was the, oh God, I just watched it last night. Speakers? The Speakers. And what was her name? I'm like going blank. You're going to have to look it up. But the Speakers are a special group of people who are also shunned by, you know, I really think everyone should just turn towards the actual common enemy, which is the Catholic Church. Right. <laughs> like that's the common enemy. Sypha? Sypha? Yeah. S-Y-P-H-A. So speakers are people, they're kind of like, I would say they're gypsies, uh, but they, they are nomadic group of people who hold on traditions through oral history. So they don't write things down. They just memorize it. Exactly. And the funny thing about the Belmonts is they were trying to convince the speakers to write everything down. I guess they had an argument and it didn't go well. And the Belmonts have all this history, of course. And they have a library of everything they've done. I think the most uneducated one has got to be Trevor. Trevor's not that educated. He does not know how to read, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. Remember? That's why he brought them over to the library. I know he knew about the library, but I didn't know he didn't know how to read. He doesn't know how to read or write. The Belmonts, they all got kind of murdered and like cast away. Yeah, yeah. And he was like the last surviving member of the Belmonts. They didn't get the proper training, maybe. <laughs> he got some training, but he didn't get the proper training. Yeah, full training. The way Trevor and Slypha met is he saved one of the speakers. He said her his granddaughter is looking for the chosen one, if I remember right. But she hasn't returned yet. And so, well, she was actually frozen by this one monster. And so he had to go save her. Cyclops. Cyclops. But it's the sleeping knight, the sleeping something. There's some warrior or something that they're going after. Oh, yeah. The sleeping like Messiah or the sleeping. Sleeping something. (laughs) Why are we so spaced out today? This is crazy. I literally watched like 12 hours ago. It's so bad. That's crazy. There's some sort of sleepy hero (laughs) underneath like the mortuary or something, right? Like, yeah, in the caves in a way. And then they put one one together and it's actually inside of Dracula's castle. And also just note, they it's a kind of like a surprise twist because they say, oh, my grandchild, my grandchild, my grandchild. And then you find out Saifa's a girl. No, that's right, too. And then, uh, okay, so the whole entire thing is, is like the speakers not only preserve the history, they also know about the future. So the important part was that the party that was going to save everybody from Dracula and all this craziness is a party of three, and it was going to be a vampire hunter the chosen one in a speaker. And I think they said a vampire or a half vampire or something like that. Yeah. And she wasn't just a speaker. They said a magician because she's got some magic powers and abilities. And yeah, so they're kind of ragtag because Trevor's like kind of like disgruntled and not super into, you know, the whole thing at 
So you have to kind of convince him. Yeah, right. And they're pretty sarcastic, and it's a lot of fun to watch and everything. So the, the, the whole entire thing is this. They're trying to figure out a way to go into Dracula's castle to kill Dracula while Dracula is coming up with plans to destroy the world. And there's also all this other stuff going on inside the castle. He has all these generals in there, too. And unfortunately, they're kind of like creating this whole entire other drama, per se. I like this anime. I watched it once, like, you know, when it first came out and everything. I couldn't make it all the way through this time, but I made it like halfway through. And it's still, to me, pretty damn good. I really liked it. I thought it was captivating. It it's funny. Like you said, like Trevor's sarcastic and Sypha's smart and she doesn't really take and then the half vampire, you know, he's not having it either. So it's just like a weird group. So they're really funny and how far did you get? Anyway. I got to when they brought bring in Carmela come Carmela comes in to the castle and starts being like, uh, you call yourselves generals. Like she's like bringing in some drama. Oh yeah. She stirs the pot. She is pot stir. So I got to that point and some backstories about some of the, the humans, the couple humans who are part of Dracula's army. Yeah. Hector and Isaac. Yeah. So there's some interesting, so it, it's interesting and, enough and they like they give you more also just key point dracula's castle travels oh yes it, it's a so. moving target so it's not like they could just like walk up and go find it like they're kind of like circling around plate different places and moving around right and hector and isaac are forge masters and their whole entire thing is they could actually raise the dead and turn them into these monsters of their wishing mm-hmm in the video game, who do you get to be? You get to be Trevor and Alucard and Sypha. Okay. So it's pretty cool. They did a really good job. I mean, considering that this is from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and they translated it into a series, I give them a lot of credit. Oh, yeah. By the way, it is super goth. Vlad Dracula is killing over love. How goth can ah. it is? I agree with you. There is a lot of goth elements with the romance, the pain and anguish, the Catholic stuff. Catholic stuff's very goth to me because it's very ornate and dark. And an Alucard is super goth. He's always shirtless when he's fighting, or when he mm-hmm. came out of the casket, he was shirtless with leather pants. <laughs> Sypha has that goth kind of like magic-y side like she's witchy and smart like you know what I mean so yeah I like how the vampires have like pointy ears too mm-hmm. it was kind That's of interesting cute. also do know that this is extremely violent there's <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's. I think it's about as violent, or if not more violent, than Devilman Crybaby. Definitely. Yeah, but it's still good because it, it's like they're at war, so of course you can't just like gloss over. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's based on a video game. <laughs> That's what they do. They're fighting. Yeah, so. but in the video game, they just explode. It's not like what video games are like now, where if you kill something, there's blood everywhere. It's totally different. Yeah, definitely gory, definitely violent, but I still liked it. I like the storyline. 
I'm not on the Dracula, but I didn't watch enough not to be on Dracula. I'm still on Dracula's side, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, I like the heroes, but I'm also like very empathetic to his pain of losing his wife. Right. But Lisa's wishes were, do not bring them doom, whatever you do. I know, but I just really feel like that whole Catholic <laughs> element so evil that it's like, oh, yeah. ah, can't you just yeah. wipe them out? Well, Alucard, what he was saying, let's just go get the guys who were in charge to wipe them out. And I agree with Alucard. Me too. That was the, that would have been my game plan. Is like that's not fair. But then you know, I think I guess Lisa had a point in the whole thing of like it's just gonna like ramp things up in the wrong way if we retaliate. So she is ultimately right. <laughs> She's the moral compass. But yeah, the son wanted to get the proper like revenge or something for his mother, but didn't want to take down all of humanity. <laughs> like Dracula is just kind of out of control and he's very smart. Dracula is very well read and he's a scientist and he has a lot of information. So like you said, the Belmonts have a lot of information. So does Dracula. I didn't get to the part where they're there at the library yet. Just that Carmilla was like, duh, they're going to go to the library. Like that, that was like, at least three episodes in season two. Like they're just okay, trying to yeah, find it goes all fast. this information. Season one goes fast. Yeah, it's six episodes. And then the yeah. second one is eight episodes. And the other two are, like I said before, are 10 each. And so, yeah, it goes by quick. The first season really does feel like they're just trying to put their feelers out there. Like, are people going to like this or not? And uh, to me, yeah, I highly recommend it to anybody, even if they're not into video games or whatever. It's still a damn good premise. And it's amazing that they did what they did. Yes. Watch it. And it's on, like you said, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. And whoever this Warren Ellis guy is, more props to him. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time, I'm just like, ah can't stand this or I complain a lot about certain things but this when I first watched it all the way through it has some twists and turns at the end so it's worth to keep going it doesn't just because the first season I think they do a good job of like developing the characters so you like them but then I'm like is it just gonna be and this is just me now because I've taken a break is it just gonna be a bunch of like just bloodshed or you said that there's twists and turns so there's some good stuff to watch for There, there's a lot of twists and turns in there and then Everybody kind of gets wrapped up in a way, but it's not like this really extremely happy ending that everybody would expect. So that's what I like about it. Worth continuing on the Castlevania journey then. (laughs) Correct. You don't have to watch it all now. I mean, it is October though. (laughs) Yeah, so get on it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So we'll be right back. Storygram Network. Hello, welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm your host, Takeshi, and with me I have Santos, and we take two pieces of media, and we take a deep dive on them. Kind of. We just talk about it. Kind of. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? It's the intersection of possibility, where what-ifs and why-nots collide. Some on the cutting edge, others on the cutting room floor. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. We sip a 
Storygram Network. That's right. And we are back and we're going to talk about Faith and the Muse. Faith and the Muse. Delaria. There's a not much information about this in any way, shape, or form. What? Not even like an inkling. How did we come across this band in the first place? I am aware of them through a compilation oh. that I had of theirs in the 90s, and it had sparks on it. And it was like kind of like this goth anthem in the clubs for a while. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe we should actually do a dive into this band. This was released in 1994. It was re-released in 2001. It was recorded from March to April of 94 at New American Sound. It is gothic rock, dark wave. It's 57 minutes, pretty much. And it was on Metropolis Records and T-E-S-S records in 94. This is their very first album. The two members are Monica Richards and William Faith. I guess William Faith has also opened up for The Shadow Project, which was a, a side project of Roz Williams. Obviously, one of their main influences is tech and dance. They also kind of do Celtic rock in a way there's not much information about either of the two which is really annoying are they still going yeah they started in 94 and like never interviewed or something i don't know (laughs) it was you know there was probably a time where they could have made it like a little bit bigger but I, i don't know what happened and i'm just looking at their spotify and it's just like they're a duo. <laughs> you know, that's all. It's like it describes their music and that they're a duo, but it doesn't say anything. The The last album they came out with was in 2009. I guess they're still playing together. I don't know. She's from the punk scene, though, from DC, it said. Really? Mm-hmm. It said that she's became the face of the DC um, band Strange Boutique. And then he's. <laughs> what did she do? She's just DC. Like, that's all kind of talking about. And then she met him. Yeah, it says associated acts with. I guess he was in Christian Death at one point, but. He has worked with, but that I don't know what that means when you work with something. Yeah, but... he's worked with Christian Death, but I don't know which part of Christian Death. Co team. Yeah, it looks like he's done Mephisto Waltz, Wreckage. I wish there was more information about them, but really there isn't. Let's just talk about the album. The album is really, really weird and off-putting. feels like they were just throwing everything at the ball just to see if it would stick to me. And it's kind of annoying. Yes, thank you. I was playing this and Bart was like, who's this Susie? And I'll know. And he's like, it doesn't sound like, he's like, well, I obviously like Susie and the Banshees. He's like, you can hear all of their influences. And it's true. It's like each, like three songs is another realm of influence from them. So you said this is their first album. I wonder how they grow and focus their music. 
Yeah, this is so off-putting for me that I wasn't even like into looking any further into no, their music because I was a little scared. Well, it's not off-putting, like scary. It was just kind of like, who cares? Like it didn't draw you into who they, you didn't get to know who they were. And then there is like this weird, like, I have to say, like, I liked, I was okay with like maybe the first three songs. I was like, all right, and I didn't like love them, but I was like, okay. But then as it keeps going, it just gets more of that kind of like Renaissance fair, goth kind of music. Oh, that, that Celtic song. I had to, f- I had to just switch it. From when, where? I think, I can't remember. It was Vervain maybe or something. There was one song where all of a sudden it was just like a Celtic gig with her singing. Yes. I was like, what the f- am I listening to? Yeah, then it slowly gets into that. Then it hits the trauma coil and then he comes in and pretends to be Nine Inch Nails or something. It like, sounds like a mix between like uh, David Bowie and Roz Williams. Mm-hmm. It's so all Which, over the place. It, it make, it's like a left field song. I'm like, wait, what? Like, what's going on? And then now I can't remember because like it felt like a real long album. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It really felt long to listen to. It did. It did. I mean, I remember back in the day, sometimes there would be this one really good song. And then sometimes, if you listen to the other parts of this album, it wasn't really that good. I think this is like one of those. I mean, I listened to it like a couple times and I was trying to like have it grow on me and it just didn't ever do it. I like Sparks and that's about it. And I'm not sure if that's because of my nostalgia for that song or if it's really a good song now. I think I like the first two songs too and Sparks is the song. We'll have to play it because I think that's one of the songs I liked and it's just like as you just keep going into this album like I said, unless you love like kind of that like Ren Fairy type and I was just gonna laugh because I was like, goes with our whole Castlevania because it takes place in the 1400s. Like, if you like like old timey Middle Ages music, maybe that's your jam. Like, they do that on here. But I feel like because their music style changes, something about so many influences coming in, and it doesn't have a direction. Their album didn't have a direction, so it, you don't really like. I said you don't know who they are, their point of view. <laughs> According to the reviews, they felt the same way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got mixed they- reviews. I don't think it was a terrible album. I think they're all really good musicians. I think the singer Monica. I think her voice is really incredible. Actually, there's something about it. So, but yeah, but this album didn't. They need some editing or something, or I don't know who produced it that didn't help them out. That was produced by them. So. Oh, there you go. Sometimes you need an outside voice to say nope. Yeah, I'm telling you, Sparks was the song back in the day. Like everybody used to play it. I mean, I'd heard it at clubs all the time. Now we have to hear it. We have to play Sparks. Yeah, I guess we'll just play it right now.
Yeah. Billions. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's such a damn good song. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, you're right. That, that song is so, I wish that was the album. Like that they, they took that and moved around that sound. Yeah, and- that's exactly what I was going to just say that I wish they would have kind of went with that and just kind of stuck mm-hmm. with it. maybe some weird here and there, but they really didn't need to. They just needed to stick with a certain formula. And sometimes when you listen to a band and you're like, oh man, they just sound the same. Well, this is what happens when you just go all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's two extremes, right? Like you could either sound exactly the same or you could just be like, like you said, like throwing like anything at the wall. And they, if they could have used this as their anchor though, to like move around this sound, because if you, okay, we just have to share with people how random it gets. If you play, I want to say, you want me to play the Celtic jig or do you want me to play the one? Yeah, with like, like I don't know if it's interlude Annabelle or Vervain, like you said, one of those ones. Uh, All right. All right. I think let me see. Yeah, that's where I drew the line. <laughs> random. Like, it feels random. Like, yeah. you were sparks, then that. And then the other one, where this is where I was like, what? And it slowly kind of slides into that. There's a little bit of a blend to get you there. Because you're like, why is this getting more and more folky or whatever that you want to call it? Then do some of the trauma coil. Because that is like, then takes another other turn.
okay, I've had enough of that. It's one like too. three different albums. Like, you know, like those songs, it's like so, see how different each one is? And that one just makes me think of like, and it's not even goth at this point. It's me, like, this is not really mean. It sounds like kind of like the weird drama kids at school. Like, <laughs> Yeah, like that's what it sounds like to me. It's just so all over the place. And it does kind of at the end taper off and get a little bit more normal. But so their number one song on Spotify has over 400,000 plays. It's called Running Up the Hill. I think that's off a 2001 album. I'm kind of curious the way it sounds here. So I just want to play it really quick. That's not bad, but that mm-hmm. drum beat sounds like Dead Souls. Hmm. Well, it sounds like they returned back to more of their spark sound to get that. Here we go. Uh, They're very influenced by, but they haven't really found their center. Yeah. yeah. That's how I feel. Like I- it's like they're still channeling through their influences too strongly we all do that when we like something like we kind of just yeah. copy it first but then you grow and develop from there her voice is so great like you're right like she's kind of the best part yeah she's definitely the best part of this whole entire album should you check it out check out sparks and then stick with that <laughs> yeah add sparks to your like list that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> that's yeah but the rest of it unless you love like you heard one of those other versions and you're like no that's my jam you guys are crazy go for it but um (laughs) i thought it was a really like weird disconnected unedited album that had no point of view (laughs) definitely definitely i agree anyway so that was a very interesting gothtober week three i have to say You can find me on all social medias under Glitch Unicorn. And you can find me under some social medias as Sister Santos, um, Instagram and Spotify. All right. See you next week.